Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two aspiring sports journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyra Foy, and alongside me is my co-host, Nathan Lannon. And Nate, we're getting closer to opening day. We are so close. We're so close to meaningful baseball games being played. We're, what are we, six days? Not six days out. Well, as of the day that we're recording this, it would be five days away. Five days out. But tomorrow would be Monday, and games are on Thursday. Oh, my God. I mean, think about that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so glad I'm not going to be in class for the Mets-Nationals game. And we will be talking about our opening day thoughts and opinions on matchups and how that all is going to be going, but... Before we get into today's topics, we are looking for sponsors. If you're interested in getting an ad read for your business, email the2seampod at gmail.com or direct message us on Twitter at the2seampod. As I did mention that, we are going to be talking about how we think opening day is going to go. But we do have a topic that we're going to discuss before that, which is our award-winning predictions. How do we think they're going to play out in the National League? Who's going to be the MVP? Who's going to be the Cy Young? The Rookie of the Year will be discussed as well as in the American League. But we are going to be starting with that National League. And I think one thing to be said is that in mm. the National League, there's a lot more competition for that you know most valuable player right. award. Yeah, I feel like M- uh, MVP in the NL is just wide open. Like there, There's a ton of competition. There are a ton of great players on great teams in the NL that can just really fill that uh, clear favorite vacuum right. in the NL. Like I, I Just off the top of my head, you've got I, – I think uh, the odds-on favorites right now are Mookie Betts and Juan Soto. But I, there are so many other names you could re- realistically throw into that equation like Tatis, Freeman, Arenado – and fingers crossed, Lindor. Of course you would say Lindor. <laughs> yeah, he has a great chance. Of course, he's an amazing player. He's a star on that lineup. He's mm. going to get a lot of at-bats. He's going to get a lot of chances to make a lot of defensive plays. I think that's an important thing to talk about as well. We're looking for all-round five-tool players. Right. And, you know, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is that guy. Yeah. Um, but, like, Mookie Betts is a great option as well. And, and Juan Soto, the king of... I, I think he right now is the new king of walks. <laughs> <laughs> he has an insane yeah. on-base percentage all the time. Right. That does kind of leak into the fact that he's going to have a good OPS, but maybe his war is going to be a little lower than uh, you typically would see it yeah. for a player of his caliber. Uh, I think Cody Bellinger could have a bounce-back year. Uh, he didn't have the greatest of mm. seasons last year, uh, especially in the postseason, but he do- he is that guy. You know, He does hit well he fields pretty decently right and him and Mookie in the same outfield is just disgusting oh, anyways absolutely yeah it's, and yeah, that it's, entire Dodgers team really has so many different MVP candidates yeah no it's yeah as you're saying Bellinger and Mookie in the same outfield is just completely absurd I, I feel like it's so easy to pick just anyone from the Dodgers to win MVP like there's so, like Corey you, Seager. You could pick a name off of that team, and there's a solid chance they could win MVP. Like Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. Like it's just, it's just absurd. Even pitchers. I mean, yeah. we haven't seen an MVP pitcher in a long time, but right. there are definitely people that cross the boundary between Cy Young and MVP. Right. And it would be exciting to actually see that. I don't think we're gonna see it for a long time, though, hmm. uh, unless you count two-way players, which we'll be discussing in the. Obviously, when we get to the American League, right. but I, I do believe that the the days of pitchers winning MVPs 
uh, are very, very slim. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, when was... God, when was the last one? It, it, it feels like it's been so long, but... Yeah, no, I... I unless uh, someone like a DeGrom or a Flaherty just has uh, the year... The, like, the greatest year a pitcher has had in, like, decades, I very much doubt a pitcher is going to win MVP this year. Right, and, and you ask about the last time it happened. It was actually two people that are yeah. still active pitchers, and it's Justin Verlander and Clayton Kershaw were both mm. most valuable players as well as Cy Youngs. Actually, I don't know if there were Cy Youngs. I presume there were Cy Youngs in the same yeah. season. but Had to be, right? Had to have been, yeah. but they were the last two to do it. So it's been a it's been a little bit, and mm. it's not impossible. But I feel like as we transition to a much more war based yeah. uh, voting system, mm. the analytics just don't value as much as pitchers. Yeah, I think you're right. In a war based voting system, I, I think analytics are not as much lending. They don't lend themselves as much to pitchers being in the running for an MVP as much as it used to. Right, and. and you know, I think there's there's definitely a situation where it does happen, but I just mm. don't I don't see it. it doesn't seem um, like it's gonna happen this year. You know, you got other guys like Christian Yelich, former right. MVP, could be an MVP again. Yeah. You know, he if he gets hot, he would also need to have a redemption year because I don't think he had that great of a season last right. year with the Brewers. But comeback player of the year, comeback player yeah, of the maybe. year potentially, uh, especially if he has an MVP <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's just in the NL, it's so deep. Yeah. It's so deep. It's hard to be it like... It really just feels like you could pull a name out of a hat out of like elite players on any potential playoff team in the NL, and they could realistically win MVP. Like It's it just it's so stacked. It's so deep that it's, it's just... It's hard to comprehend sometimes. <laughs> it is, I guess, in a way. <laughs> yeah. But I think we do have to move on to the Cy Young. So before we do that, though, <laughs> who do you have as your MVP pick? Yeah, call it a safe pick, but if the Padres are as go- are going to be as good as I think they are, and they're going to make it to the World Series, and they're going to be just as dominant as I think they are, as I think they're going to be outside of in the regular season, the Dodgers, call it a safe pick. I think I'll take Fernando Tatis winning MVP. Um, as for me, I think yeah, that's a great pick. You know, mm. I think there's a lot of huge chance that he does right. fill in those roles and he does get the MVP. Uh, I'm liking I'm liking a guy like Acuna. I think that he serves himself well over there in Atlanta. Mm. Um, I think that he has a lot going for him, and I would like to see it for him. My other thing is, though, like Juan Soto could also possibly get that as well. Mm. Uh, The biggest thing for me with both of those two players, though, is that they're going to have to face elite pitchers throughout the entirety of the season, um, which obviously every single player is going to have to face elite pitchers. But these guys, not as frequently as these two. But I am going to say that Acuna will be the MVP for the uh, mm. 2021 season. That's also that's also a good pick. Especially it is. Yeah, the, Bra- the and I feel like the Braves and Padres are both safe picks to go far in the playoffs anyway. So it, Well, it I mean, you're, we're betting yeah. on the regular season. Though. Right. You know, we can't be thinking about how they perform in the playoffs. Mm. Unlo- then you would never see Mike Trout win an MVP <laughs> award because they never make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. But we are moving on to Cy Young. So I, I think that... It's a bit more narrow of a field for Cy Young in the NL, at least in MVP. Like, you've got Jacob Degrom, Jack Flaherty. Like, th- th- I feel like those are two. Those are the two uh, most clear names that emerge when you think of potential Cy Young candidates in the NL. And do we, an interesting question: Do you think Trevor Bauer could repeat? I don't. You don't? I don't think so. 
I think he has a lot going on in his life. I don't know. I I I don't see it. Mm. But there's a potential. There's always yeah. a potential. Uh, he got killed by the Mariners just <laughs> a couple days ago. I saw that. Um, but you know, you take the you take the foreign substance away, and I wonder what's going to happen to any of these mm. pitchers. And I know he had a big jump, a huge jump in rotations per minute. So I know that he was definitely using some sort of foreign substance. Right. And you take that away from him, I don't know what it's going to do for him. But, you know, he's a great pitcher. He's a great yeah. pitcher and he can do it, but I just don't I don't believe he's going to repeat. Yeah. And then, and more to the point with the Dodgers, you, it, it's again with the Dodgers. There are names you could pull out of that. Like Walker Bueller is another potential Cy Young candidate. He's, he's one of the top yeah. guys on my board for yeah. sure. I, I look at Walker Bueller and I see a growing player. Yeah. I see a guy that has now playoff experience, has a World Series under his belt. You know, mm. he, has, he has a lot going for him. And if he just keeps climbing and keeps climbing, and we know that Dodgers must have a great pitching staff, oh, like yeah. a great coach. That is mm-hmm. helping them with their development, and right. I think Walker Bueller has an amazing chance. I think he's a real. I think that'd be a really good pick. I feel like Walker Bueller could really. I feel like if not the usual suspects like Degrom, then Walker Bueller would be a really would be a really good pick. If only like especially because he's in that absolutely stacked Dodgers rotation where batters still have to play against uh, Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer frequently. So it's it's just. He's right, in, I think, in that perfect spot where he could realistically win the Cy Young. And I, I think about some dark horses that people aren't going to think about. I yeah. think about Luis Castillo. He's an Ooh. amazing pitcher, yeah. and I really enjoy watching him pitch and get his work done. But I don't think that he's as nationally known as a guy yeah. like Jacob deGrom or Walker Buehler. Right. Um, there's a good chance with how many times he's going to be facing those um, central batters that he can work up some really good statistics. Mm. Another person that comes to mind is... A few people from that um, Atlanta Braves pitching rotation yep. could really do it. Uh, Max Freed, I know he had a great postseason. Mm. Uh, he could have a great regular season this year. Yeah, uh, think, yeah. yeah there's there's no reason. I, yeah, there's no reason he uh, should face any drop off from last year's postseason. Like it's, I think that, that I feel like that's really interesting to look at. Like how many player, how many pitchers or players are going to keep up their momentum from last postseason going into this season? I think Max Freed will absolutely do that. But speaking of Matt, speaking of Max's, Max Scherzer, I feel like I feel like, <laughs> I feel like he's always in the running. Thirty six years old this he year. He is thirty six years old, but he again. Well, he yeah, is pitchers Max don't age. Yeah, they don't age as as, as uh, much. poorly. Yeah, as other players. So it's like I feel like you've always got to keep Max Scherzer in the running. I feel like he, depending on how the Nationals do, he could rise up people. I feel like he could rise up. Uh, potential Cy Young boards pretty quickly this season. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, we're going to see how that plays out. I haven't looked at how he's done Mm. in the spring training so far, but I'm sure he's been doing all right. He's the absolute madman of the MLB, (laughs) pitching with a a black guy. He's yelling at players all the time when he's pitching. He's yelling at himself. He's a a wild card in my opinion, and I, I love it. I love Max Scherzer and the energy that energy that he brings. I just don't know whether or not uh, there's other pitchers that fit the bill better than him. Right. Even on his own team, I could see 
You know, if Strasburg. he's not doing too well, Strasburg picks it up. Yeah, and, and he's another guy that plays in an elite rotation with Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. Like it's like I feel like I feel like if I had to pick a top three right now, it would be Degrom, Bueller, and either Scherzer or Flaherty in that third spot. Well, top almost. three. Yeah, I think for me, I would definitely have both Degrom and Bueller up there. Yeah. I mean, for one, Degrom this preseason <laughs> has looked disgusting. He's oh added God. miles he's per hour. Such a joy to watch. He has added miles per hour to his fastball <laughs> yeah it's oh my he's he jacob de grom is just a privilege to watch he, mm. he is every time he play oh my, i i am so happy that i've been able to see jacob de grom play in person because it was just a sight to behold right like, but how about is. how about any of those guys on we keep talking about the dodgers pitching staff we talk about the all these other teams, but what about the Padres? What about oh, Snell, oh you my, Darvish, you're right. Musgrove? God, how did we not get to them? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do yeah. because it's once again all I mean, new you teams. You Darvish almost had it. You Darvish almost had it last season yeah. with the Cubs. Right now he's facing uh, different. He's got to face tougher batters, arguably, but uh, he's got he's got to he's got to face tougher batters than he did at least frequently with the Cubs. But at the same time, again. Like he's another guy in a really stacked rotation. Like I mean, I mean they traded for Blake Snell too. He might be another guy. He might and, be. Another and the player. thing about it, last season, you Darvish was pitching in the Central, right? Right. And last season, due to COVID restrictions, he only faced Central competition. Right. That was with the thing. I mean, every single player last season only faced competition within their own um, division. Their division and also right. uh, the other leagues. Um, right sister division yeah so you know it's 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 interesting to see now that we have a full season how they're going to do facing the entirety of the yeah. league versus just the central or just the west or just the east yeah. well i think who do you who do you think is going to benefit most from opening up their uh prospective batters to the rest of the league well that's a great question yeah. um i think i think people in the in the east i agree with i think you. people yeah i think people in the east are going to benefit more from it. Yeah, I think a, gra- a guy like Jacob deGrom would benefit a lot from uh, being able to play competition outside of his division this year because, like, if it, playing exclusively the NL and AL East, he had to play face-off against nothing but the best batters, whereas now he'll get to uh, playing more stronger teams frequently, like the Dodgers or the Padres, but, you know, he de- he's also up against weaker teams too. Which but it is, you know, the these are professional baseball players. Yeah. These are the best baseball players in That's the true. world. You know, not everybody gets to that point. So, I mean, obviously, we're not <laughs> we're not bashing on any other division right. on how good their player caliber players are. We're just saying that, I mean, the best of the best really do feel like they're in the East. Right. Um, in just right. general, because of the depth yeah. that is out there in the East versus the depth that is out there in the West. Um. I do believe that the West would be the next strongest. Mm. I, I, it's so weird because I feel I've always felt I have always felt that the Central has just been pretty weak <laughs> for the entirety of my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean the Cardinals have been pretty good in our lifetimes. I mean, they have the two World Series wins in two thousand six and two thousand eleven, and the Cubs have been the Cubs did win a World Series in our right. lifetimes. And but other than that. The NL Central's been and the, and the White Sox have so won so. a World Series. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that they're not. They haven't had World Series caliber, team, caliber right. teams. I just mean as a whole. Yeah. As a whole. It, it hasn't been as noticeable or strong as say East or West. Teams. The West, I, I could just make the case. The I feel like the East has always been strong though. Yeah, 
I feel like there's something about the East Coast in baseball that's always right. been there. But we do got to move on. Tyler, who is your NL Cy Young pick? My Cy Young pick, I did talk about him a good bit before, uh, so I don't have to discuss exactly why I'm choosing him. But I do believe that Walker Buehler has an amazing shot, and I would love to see him be the Cy mm. Young for this season. Walker Buehler is a really great pick. I, I feel like he is the. I feel like if I had to guess who was gonna win it this season, I'd say Walker Buehler. But I am not picking Walker Buehler. Again, call it another safe pick. Call it whatever you want. Call me a call me a uh, a uh, shall we say Mets lifer, but. Uh, <laughs> I am gonna go with Jacob Degrom. It's That's a there, good pick. it's never a bad pick. He's the best pitcher in baseball. In fact, I'm He's, I'm more yeah. surprised that you said if you were to predict, you wouldn't say it would be yeah. Jacob Degrom. I, I think he has a great shot. I think if I if I had to choose another two people that are in that conversation for me, uh, at least one of them is Jack mm. Flaherty is yeah. gonna be in that conversation. Yeah, I feel like the three candidates we could see at the end of the year when it's time to decide the Cy Young winner. I feel like it's going to be DeGrom, Bueller, and Flaherty. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a great chance that is going to be true, but we, we do have to move on to the Rookie of the Year for that National League. And there's not a lot that I know about rookies, which is mm. disappointing, but one guy like that the I... The entire NL minus the Pirates is just in win-now mode. That's Everyone's, very true. Yeah, like the pro, there aren't that many super great prospects on the way in the NL besides a select few. Right, and one of those few is, is Sixto, Sixto Sanchez, Sanchez, who we did yep. mention in our uh, last episode. We did talk about him a little bit. Uh, the Pedro Martinez comp, and mm. he's, he seems great. Um, yeah. I love his changeup. It's so disgusting. Um, <laughs> I think that he's he has a great chance to, to be that rookie of the year. Um, I always like to, to think about pitchers as rookie of the years yeah. because I feel like more than... They don't get picked as often, right? And I think it's harder once again. Pick. It's harder once again for a pitcher to get rookie of the year for the same reasons. It's hard for them to win MVP. Yeah, it's because they aren't. But it's because pitchers they only like, pitch yeah, one yeah, in yeah, one every five days if you're yeah, a starter. Exactly, and they don't real and fielding wise and offensively they aren't nearly as valuable as uh, the rest of the players on the team. So yeah, it's it's hard to pick pitchers for rookie of the year or MVP. That being said. Sixto Sanchez sends a pretty good chance if a pitcher's going to do right. it. Right, and, like and last year a, a pitcher did take it for yeah. the NL. A reliever, nonetheless, yeah. took it for the NL. And so, I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think another person that pops into my head is another person on that NL East. It's going to mm. be Christian Pash mm. or Christian Pache. I don't know how exactly to say it, but he got his first at-bats in the postseason and yeah. came through. You know, and I think he does have a, a good shot um, to perform in that sense because he did have that experience and he was performing on the highest level oh yeah absolutely if he can keep up that momentum from last year's but i feel like it's him and in the al with randy rosarena those are two guys that could realistically pull ahead for rookie of the year if they keep up that momentum that they had in the postseason because like i feel like that's uh a telltale sign of whether a rookie can be really good is if they're already doing it at the on the biggest stage, then chances are they can succeed in regular se- they can succeed at that level in regular season play as well. You see, I love Sixto Sanchez and I I do and I do love Pash, but one person that sticks out to me that did have a good uh, showing last season would have to be K. Brian Hayes um, for the Pirates mm. uh, slash line of. 
376 batting average, a 442 on base, and a 682 slugging percentage with five home runs and seven doubles last season. I mean, that was just in September, and he had the highest B war for any rookie. And he, I think he has a great shot. Um, and he's still eligible this year for rookie of the year. And and I think right. he's a guy that I'm going to be looking for uh, specifically because he's a pirate. And mm. we did talk a lot about how bad the that's Pirates the, yeah. are going to be this season. <laughs> that's why you're coming to the show for the Pirates is to see those prospects. And so, yeah, you yeah. want to see those. If they perform, then it's all worth and you yeah. see like progress being made. But if Cabrian Hayes doesn't perform, you know, and then it's like he did have a great yeah. first impression, but I want to see what he can do yeah. now. Cabrian Hayes currently is the odds on favorite to win NL Rookie of the Year at the beginning of the season. But I, I think another guy that I really want to talk about is uh, Joey Bart for the Giants. I mean, uh, it's going to come yeah. down to playtime. And with catchers yeah. every season, it's always going to come down to playtime because catchers, for one, don't mm. play as many games. They have That's more right. days off. It's one of the hardest jobs in baseball mm. to sit there in catcher's gear in the beat of the, right. heart, the hot sun. Yeah, not only that, you still got Buster Posey on the Giants. You've exactly. Still got, you still got to uh, wait for your proverbial spot in the sun there for Buster Posey to... Uh, for Buster Posey to eventually retire or leave. So I, I, either way, if Joey Bart gets playing time, I think he could stand a pretty realistic shot of winning uh, Rookie of the Year. And, and we're going to go back to another pitcher. Um, uh, I like Spencer Howard a good bit. Uh, I think he's a pretty decent pitcher. I don't believe he's got the same mm. caliber as Sixto Sanchez, but I, yeah. I have seen what he's done, and I have seen a lot of his stuff. And I, I think there's a chance, but I don't believe, judging by the players he's going to have to pitch against, I don't believe that he's going to be a, an actual candidate. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing, though. I mean, Sixto Sanchez is also pitching is pitching against that same division. Mm-hmm. But then again, Spencer Howard has Sixto. not... Spencer Howard has not been nearly as impressive as Sixto. And it's, Sixto's yeah. proven it. Yeah. Sixto has shown us that he's a good pitcher. Yeah. He, I mean, pitched against the Cubs. He knocked the Cubs out. For right. one, he I mean, was part of the <laughs> the players that knocked the Cubs out of the oh, postseason. Uh, he has a great he had a great pitching performance, and he's got a lot of great mentors. I think I think I'm pretty sure he's talked to Pedro Martinez before. Yeah. I mean, if you have influence from Hall of Famers, I'm sure that's a that's a good sign. Oh, for sure. I, I feel like he's yeah. I feel like he really could be the next dominant pitcher in the NL East with enough time. Like, and it, now it's a division that has a ton of great pitchers, but you know, eventually the present the power will shift in right. the NL East, and I think that when that happens, Sixto Shan- part of the reason for that power shift will be Sixto Sanchez. Right, and I think we do have to start wrapping it up here right. uh, for the Rookie of the Year. But one more person I do want to mention is when you think about Rookie of the Year, you never really think about the international free agents that come over. Mm. So I think Hansung Kim, uh, second baseman, got now he's on the Padres. He's on a really good lineup. He's probably going to get a lot of opportunities to drive runners in, to get those RBIs up. And I think he has a good shot as well being a Rookie of the Year uh, as being not techni- not really mm. what you think of when you think about a rookie. Right, yeah, it's international free agents don't really often come to mind, which is a shame because someone like Hassan Kim is really interesting. But I, I think uh, it's time to wrap it up with our uh, rookie of the year picks. Tyler, who you got? I mean, we've talked about him a huge amount. I I love Sixto Sanchez. I love what he's going to be doing there in Miami. Miami's been needing another great pitcher since Jose Fernandez. Yeah. And I think that it's a great comp for him to be yeah. with Pedro. And I think he's got a real shot. 
Oh, I agree with you. My pick's the same. I got Sixto Sanchez. He's he is such a joy to watch. He he's proven with last year's postseason he can already do it at a high level. I think even in a division as tough as the NL East in a playoff year that the Marlins likely won't replicate, he will still be he still has the potential to be not only one of the brightest spots on the Marlins team, but a really great pitcher going forward. And just to kind of let you guys know, uh, yes, we did think about re- reliever of the year, but it's so hard mm. to pick a reliever of the year uh, <laughs> because I feel like relievers are really iffy every yeah. single year. Uh, so we're kind of straying away from that, um, not to you know devalue what a rookie or what a reliever of the year mm. would be. Uh, there's a lot of great relievers out there, but I think it's really difficult to say this right. guy's got a shot at yeah, it. It feels like it's just a shot in the dark every year. Right, because it only takes like one bad outing for a reliever mm. to get really off of his stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So um, maybe Hater, we could throw Hater in there, but I mean, even the guy uh, that won the Rookie of the Year last season, which is why I picked the Brewers, by the way, <laughs> just because how deep that team yeah. is. But. We do have to move on to the American League, mm-hmm. which we did talk about how it's very, very much less d- deep, you know? Yeah. There's lots it's less to talk about. I think one person that always will come to your mind when you're thinking of MVP, you're thinking of the American League, right. Mike, Trout. Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout, Mike Trout is always up there. I don't know whether or not he is MVP caliber or whether he's going to yeah. be able to do it, you know? I mean, he is aging. He is a human. Right. <laughs> It's surprisingly to say he is yeah, human. It's I'm sh- I'm sh- I don't know why there haven't been tests on that yet, but you know he a- as far as we know, Mike Trout is a human being playing baseball. He is. He <laughs> is. Uh, I think I I mentioned this earlier, and I really believe that if Shohei Otani is the two way player that we expected him to be when he came into the MLB, if he's pitching at 100 and getting wins and hitting home runs at the same time, he's going to build up an insane war, and he's going to be probably the most impactful player of the season if he does perform the way that they want him to be. I think think Shohei definitely has that potential. I don't know if it's going to be this season, and he has been battling injuries a lot, but if... I think if Shohei ever completely capitalizes on what seems like just this just absurd potential, and I know I use that word a lot, but it is absurd, then he's going to be an MVP candidate every year, assuming he stays healthy. Yeah, assuming he stays healthy, that's the yeah. biggest challenge for him. And I think another person, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be in the conversation, is a guy like Aaron Judge. Yeah. Uh, big guy, strong build, he hits mm. home runs. We know he hits home runs. Yep. We know he robs home runs. You too. You know, he takes, he hits them and he takes them away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a great player, uh, as much as I hate saying it. Uh, But, (laughs) I mean, Aaron Judge is always up there in the conversation nowadays because we know what he can do at the plate. It's going to come down to obviously being more uh, able to uh, hit for average. Less mm. less strikeouts. If he limits the strikeouts, more contact in general. More contact in general. Yeah. Uh, stays healthy. He's going to be a candidate for sure. Oh, for sure. And also, just a funny thing worth noting: he no longer has his teeth teeth gap. He did fix his he teeth. He did fix his teeth. So, so maybe, maybe you know that's he what wins puts him it. Over the top. He wins it, and then all the photos comes <laughs> yeah. out with his new teeth. He, like, that's the motivator. Yeah, he wants to. Mo- sh- what if that's his motivator? He's like, all right, I got to win MVP this year. So, <laughs> and all my MVP fo- MVP photos. My teeth will look awesome. They will look great. <laughs> and another guy on that Yankees lineup uh, that does have a chance is the guy that won the batting title last year, mm. DJ, DJ LeMayhew. Le- yeah. 
Uh, coming back to the Yankees, re-signing, it's where he wanted to play, oh, I'm sure. Right. If, and he's a great hitter to all parts of the field. If we're talking about pure hitters, right. he's a great pure hitter. Oh, he absolutely is. If if there's a team that's comparable to the Dodgers in the fact that they have like a handful of players you could pick out of a hat and they could win MVP, I feel like the Yankees are that. You've got Aaron, Ju- Aaron Judge and D- DJ LeMahieu most notably. I feel like I feel like if a Yankee does win MVP this year, it's going to be LeMahieu. I mean, he's coming off a batting title. He's Yeah, and know. he is coming off a batting title. And you know, he was in the running last year and we got to talk about the person that did win it last year, Jose mm-hmm. Abreu. I don't know whether or not it translates. He is a great hitter as well. Um personally, uh as much as I I'm rooting for the White Sox to do good things this season, uh, or I guess not rooting, I'm predicting that they will. But um, <laughs> I don't believe Jose Abreu can do what he did again over yeah. an actual season. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think another person, uh, another two people, really, mm-hmm. uh, third baseman is a, you know, there is yeah. a lot of third baseman in the MLB right now. This might be the best age of third baseman yeah. in the MLB. But a guy that I like is like Matt Chapman. He's mm. a great defensive player. He's a great offensive player. He could potentially build up a good enough, you know, resume for that mvp role yeah i feel like he's gonna have to build up a, i feel like he's gonna have to improve uh pretty significant or Absolutely. not pretty significant or yeah, somewhat no. significantly on offense to uh-huh. an mvp but i don't think that's totally out of the question like that's not something that can't happen it's just i don't think it's as likely as uh lemayhew mvp season or an aaron judge mvp season or just what mike about- trout what mm. about yeah. Jose Ramirez? Ho- Ooh. Switch hitting third baseman. We know he's good. He's We know he's played well before. Yeah. I don't know whether or not he would need a bounce back year, but yeah. uh, Jose Ramirez to me is another guy that's definitely on the board for a guy yeah. that could, could potentially win that MVP or would Cleveland? How good would Cleveland need to be for Ramirez? How good would win? Cleveland need to be? Mm-hmm. I think it, he just needs to be good, you yeah. know? I mean, of course, the team scoring more runs will give him more at bats, yeah. will give him more RBIs. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if it comes down to how good that team's going yeah. to be, rather than he's going to be facing yeah. how he's going to perform mm. in the league. Yeah, fun dark horse idea, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. You know, he is a power hitter, and he has a lot to go for him. You know, it's very I, fun. He's he, joy. He's very very fun to watch. I he's, compare yeah. him to how happy I got. I was when I watched like a player like Prince Fielder play mm, baseball. Yeah. I, I love the personality aspect of it, you know, and, and I think he's going to be facing a lot of tough pitchers uh, as everybody is going to be facing a lot of tough pitchers. Uh, he's a great mm. player. Do I believe that Guerrero Jr. can be an MVP? Yes. Yeah. Do I believe it's his time yet? No. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like uh, he's at a point in his career now where he could be a dark horse MVP candidate this year, but, Again, it's the same thing with uh, Matt Chapman or Jose Ramirez. It's just not as likely as some of these other candidates, which at least, which isn't to say that his time won't come, because I think with the kind of player he is, it absolutely will. It's just, I agree with you, not this year. Overall, yeah, there's just a bunch of people around the league that could potentially be there, but I don't think there's a lot of people that are up there, like that are going to be that that player that you look at going into the season. And that's why I believe that the National League has so much more depth. Because I could say a guy like Xander Bogarts, who's one of the best offensive shortstops to be an MVP candidate, but I mean, he's not that great. You know, he's not going to be a, a really, guy up there. That's a long shot. It is. That's it a is a long real shot. Real outside shot. But it's, that's just how un, not competitive the AL is mm. when it comes to MVP. And you're going to just have to watch the season. Yeah. But I do believe 
that we are going to have to move into our picks here for yeah. that. So, yeah. personally, <laughs> I do believe if Shohei Otani was to perform at the level that we expect him to be, and it's hot take, hot take. Hot, yeah, hot take incoming. I think that he could be the MVP if he does perform, but I mean, it's just going to come down to how healthy he's going to be and how that is going to play out. I feel like that is a hot take. I'm not going to pick Shohei just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy consistently and that he's on it. He's also, also, he's on a team with my pick, which is, he's on a team with my pick and the guy who regularly wins this award. I'm picking Mike Trout. Oh, the king of safe bets the, over here. Yeah. The, it's the, I am the king of safe MVP bets at this point because <laughs> I mean, it's, you can never go wrong with Mike Trout. Tatis, DeGrom, and now Mike Trout. Sixto Sanchez to throw it in there. But we are going to have to move into the Cy Young, and I'm questioning whether or not you're going to go with a safe pick for this one too. When we look at the pitchers in the AL, and you think about the guy that's on the top of the list is probably Mm. the guy that's getting paid the most to do it, which is Garrett Cole for that Yankees lineup. Yeah, He's, I think, I feel like uh, it's hard to have a clear front runner at the outset of the season, but if there is one, it'd be Garrett Cole. I mean, he's being paid his ridiculous contract for a reason. He's he's utterly dominant in an absurd Yankees rotation. Like, there's, it's hard, it's hard to pick against him sometimes. Right, it is hard to pick against him. But uh, the two people that stick out to me really, um, that isn't Garrett Cole, is obviously mm. Shane Bieber. Right. Won it last year. Yep. Can he go back to back? Uh, and then another guy that sticks out to me. Um, that maybe not get talked about as much, but to kind of accompany my World Series pick, Luke, Lucas Giolito. Yeah. Uh, he's been getting better and better every year. Uh, threw a no hitter last year, mm. and you know I think I think there's a lot to like about a guy like Lucas Giolito. Yeah, if I was picking someone to upset Garrett Cole, it would be Lucas Giolito. Right, right, right. I, I I believe so too. I mean, he's a great pitcher. He's got a lot going for him, but you know I just don't think. When I think about elite pitchers, there's not a lot of people that come to mind. But, you know, I think he's Glasnow. aging. He's mm-hmm. aging a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, Glasnow, yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Glasnow first? Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I feel like uh, with Blake Snell out of the rotation, I feel like more heat, more attention is going to be put on Tyler Glasnow and, uh, with the Rays. And while he is in a really uh, strong division, I still think that, uh, someone like Tyler Glasnow was more than capable of winning a Cy Young. Right. I, I think he's <clears throat> he's going to be great. I think he's got a lot going for him. Mm. Um, I think Hinju Ryu, if he mm. can get back to his form that he had that one season where he was really elite pitcher. Uh, I mean, he's aging. Yeah. But you know, we talk about pitchers aging pick. again, mm. and uh, you know, he could he could possibly be there. Kenta Maeda, if he can perform at a high level again uh, yeah. with that Twins, then he could also be that guy for the American League, uh, Cy Young. Yeah, I think another guy on the Twins who might, who maybe even has a better shot is Jose Barrios. I mean, mm, yeah. like either either him or Kenta Maeda could be a solid dark horse candidate for the Cy Young. But I do think we got to get into our picks now. Tyler, who's your pick? I love Lucas Giolito. I mm. think it's, it, once again, it's like a little side dish to my World <laughs> Series pick. Yeah. So I think I have to go with uh, with a guy like Lucas Giolito. Mm. Um, and I think that he's going to do great this, uh, this season. Oh, yeah. He's going to be – I feel like he's going to be absolutely fantastic. But my my pick is uh, – I, I don't want to say unconventional because he's a great pitcher. But I have Tyler Glass now winning the AL Cy Young. Wow. Yeah. 
I yeah. think that he'll. I think it's it's also more to my point that I think people are still overreacting about the Rays. I think even with more heat on him, even with even with more heat on him, I think Tyler Glasnow will still be great. And he and there's no reason, great a pitcher as he is, he can't add a Cy Young to his uh, resume. He's a unit. He's a six yeah. eight guy. He throws flames. Yes, but sir. I think I feel like that. I feel like he did that just because I called you a safe oh. better. But. I think we got to move no. on to the Rookie of the Years <laughs> here. Uh, moving on to the Rookie of the Year for the American League. Mm. And being a Red Sox fan, the top <laughs> yep, guy on my list. Going. The top guy on my list right now, after watching the preseason, is Bobby Dalbeck. Bobby the home Dalbeck. run king right now. He, he, half of his hits have been... He's had 14 hits in, this pre, in spring training, and half of them have been home runs, which I think is... Is both great and hilarious, but he's also had 19 strikeouts. Not that, not that that's unexpected, but I I think he's for what he has been, which is a fantastic power hitter. He's been very impressive. He's also hitting 311. He is. He is. But I I think though the biggest thing that's going to be interesting to see is that every spring training field pretty much runs the same dimensions, right? Mm. Uh, It's they're pretty much just basic baseball fields. But when you get to a major league ballpark, each field, and that's the kind of beauty of baseball, is each field is different. So you're going to have a different, different dimensions each each time. And Mm. I'm just wonder how that's going to affect his stats um, going for his home runs that he does. I don't, I don't know if it'll affect him too much. Like, I, I think to the extent that that affects any player, I think it'll affect Bobby Delbeck, but I don't think it's going to have any more adverse an effect on his stats than it would any other rookies in his shoes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think if we're going to be talking about rookies this season, we got to talk about the number one prospect, Juan Wander Samuel Franco. Oh, what? man. He's yet another reason why the Rays will be good. He's yet another reason why they'll be just fine. There, he if he gets consistent uh, playing time this year, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a really solid candidate for rookie of the year. I agree with that. I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Fantastic. Two years in a row, He's, number one prospect. It's yeah. what you expect from a guy like him. He did get thrown out today trying right. to steal base in preseason, but we won't talk about that. We yeah, that we won't talk about that. No wonder <laughs> Samuel Franco. Uh, slander, slander today here none of that none of that today <laughs> but uh, i think another person that is also coming up from uh this this class right Rain? now is uh well okay okay you yeah, want to talk about say, another yeah, guy was, on the yeah more rays. rays more more tampa bay rays content randy uh, rosarena he I, I feel like I, I feel like he would be is he the favorite to win AL Rookie of the Year at this point? I don't know if he's he the did, favorite. I don't know if he is the favorite, but I feel like he could definitely keep up the his momentum from the postseason in the regular season. There's no reason why he couldn't. He turned into a legitimate star bat for the Rays last postseason. Absolutely, and now he has the postseason home run record. Yep. I mean, with ex- more games, with more games, with more games, he does have the postseason home run record with 10, but... You know, I, it, it, it's impressive. He's impressive. Uh, he's a great hitter. Uh, he's a little older when you think about rookies, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with him. But if this man gets playtime, Jared mm. Klenick. Yeah. And they did say. I don't cheapskate. want him to be the one that got away. No, well, yeah, for you Mets <laughs> yeah. fans, but the cheapskate owner, well, president of the Seattle mm. Mariners did say that they weren't going to play him because they didn't want to start his MLB service time. Uh, so, 
So it's going to be interesting to see what will happen if he does get played for this MLB uh, service time. But I think he's up there as well. Yeah, if he does get that playing time, he's going to be. Uh, de- I feel like he's definitely a contender for rookie of the year. Um, it- it's just a shame with the Mariners again. Like just, just play him. Just play just him. Play just him. play him. Come on. Give us this. Uh, uh, more more guys for the Tampa Bay Rays that I'm going to yeah. talk about right now is a two-way player mm. in the name of Brandon McKay. And he doesn't get enough attention that he does for being a two-way player. But Brandon McKay is a great bat, and he's also a really a decent pitcher. So I, I could see that being a, a, a rookie of the year if he performs both ways. Yeah, he could. Yeah, there. It's so many guys on the Rays at this point because I mean they very obviously have the best uh, farm system in baseball. They have, I mean, Luis Patino as well. Yeah, Luis Patino. That's another great one. They acquired him from the Padres, right? Yeah. Yes. They acquired him from the Padres in the Snell trade. He's he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. It's just that system just keeps getting deeper, and the Rays just keep getting deeper where it matters most. So it's yeah, and Brandon McKay is just yet another guy. He's a great two way player that uh, he, who who I don't know if he has as much of a chance as his Rays teammates Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco, but he uh, there's an outside chance uh, McKay could win it too. Uh, one guy that I want to mention for sure is a- another person in the clinic uh, situation mm. is Adley Rutschman gonna get play time for that Baltimore Orioles team. He's a great catcher, mm. but is he gonna get to get to play? Is he gonna get abs? The reason I choose, or the reason I'm saying Dalbeck is because I know that man's gonna get abs at this right. point. It's been established. He's gonna hit ninth in that mm. awesome Red Sox lineup just because I know the team, yeah. and uh, that's the same way you could say about Randy Rosarino. You know he's going to yeah. be in that lineup for the season to start. Yeah. Um, Nate Pearson, who is a little, who's going through a little injury spat here, could also be a person, another pitcher, that could get Rookie of the Year um, just because we know he's a power pitcher guy. Right. Uh, so if he can get the control right and if he can start hitting the corners, he could be another guy that is up there. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. He definitely. I think he definitely stands a chance, but I, I want to get into our picks now. For AL Rookie of the Year, Tyler, who you got? I got Bobby Dalbeck. Call me a Red Sox <laughs> fan for life, but yeah. I mean, I've watched him this spring training. I've seen what he can do. If he hits more for an average, I think he definitely gets it. It's going to be difficult when you see his home runs versus strikeout rates, uh, but we saw it with a guy like Aaron Judge. So, I mean, we will see what yeah. happens with it. Right. It's definitely not out of the question for a power hitter like uh, Dalbeck to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, after all, guys like Pete Alonso and Aaron Judge have done it before, both setting rookie home run records, incidentally. But I think the AL Rookie of the Year will be a Tampa Bay Ray. I'm just not sure which one. I think it's it's either going to be a Rosarena or Franco. I feel like pick one. Yeah, I gotta pick one though. Flip a coin. I gotta flip. It really does feel like a coin flip for me because they both. They're both, I think they're both going to get playing time. Obviously, a Rosarena will get playing time. I, I feel like th- they've both been fantastic so far, and there's no reason why they can't propel the Rays back to back to contention, which I'm saying is if they ever left, but they really didn't. But I, I think just in the interest of certainty of playing time, I think I'm going to go with Randy Rosarena. Especially because, and, and even then, he's even established at a high level now. Too. Safe pick. Safe, okay. Safe pick. Oh my god. It, he set the postseason home run record. If Wander Samuel Franco were not going to play this year, I feel like Randy Rosarena would be a no-brainer. 
I think yeah. he's a great pick, and you know I can't say much about safe picks because I did choose the Dodgers to be the World Series yep. champions for this season. <laughs> so I mean, and you know I think our takes did take a while um, to discuss the award voting, much longer than we expected. Um, but honestly, I really enjoy the longer episode formats. I feel like we have a lot more to say, and it's a lot more enjoyable yeah. to record. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to go over. It's so much fun to go over our takes. It's it's just it. it it's just a grand old time. <laughs> and just to uh, kind of touch on what we did mention earlier, we know opening day is coming up real soon. So we wanted to talk about some of these matchups and what we really see are going to be exciting games. And I know right away, I, the, the most, I feel like what everybody is going to say the most important game is or the more exciting game is, is going to be DeGrom versus Scherzer opening mm. day. And the, most, the beauty, for one, about opening day yeah. is it's always just in lieu of like mm. besides injuries and stuff like that it's always just the best pitchers for each yeah. team versus another elite pitcher oh absolutely i'm i, I think the be- i think degrom versus scherzer is the best pitching bat might be the best pitching battle of the day like it's as a fan i know it's going to be a joy to watch uh degrom do his thing yeah, Grom doing his thing is going to be an amazing thing. I mean, obviously you chose him as your yeah. Cy Young, so it's going to be interesting to see how he starts the season. Um, it's important to mention that the Rockies and the Pirates don't have their uh, starting pitchers picked for uh, opening day, but honestly, well, I don't think surprised. I don't think that really uh, does anything <laughs> to any of the to choices. There's not really much to choose from with the Pirates and Rockies there because like they're facing they're, the Cubs they're, they're, and the other one's facing the Dodgers. Yeah. Kershaw getting the bump again for another opening day start. I feel like he's going to be the opening day starter for the Dodgers as long as he plays. I don't know just, about that. I mean, well, because he's just—he is such a legacy there now that it's hard to argue against him. Even if, if, even if he's Bueller, not even the best pitcher he, on that rotation anymore. If Walker Bueller wins the Cy Young, I don't see a world where he doesn't get the opening day start. At least in next my opinion. year. Yeah. Um, my game that I am going to be watching and paying very close attention to is going to be the Jack Flaherty versus Luis Castillo game. Mm. Uh, I think that's, I mean, we both mentioned, or we mentioned that both those players are very good Cy Young candidates, at yeah. least for Dark Horses, because I think everybody looks at the Grom and says he's going to be it. Yeah. But Jack Flaherty and Luis Castillo, I'm going to be watching that game. Yeah, that should be that should be a good one. I, I feel like we could go just all day with these pitching battles on opening day. Like, it's, like, I, I think another really notable one is going to be Max Fried versus Aaron Nola. That's that's gonna be. I feel the NL the NL East just has is gonna. I feel like the NL East in general is just gonna have the best battles on opening day. It's funny to mention that we have. I mean, have we? Yeah, I think we've yeah. only mentioned National League pitchers, um, <laughs> but an American League matchup is going to be the Blue Jays versus Ooh, the Yankees. Garrett yeah. Cole versus Hinju Ryu. That should be. I'm I'm not gonna watch it, uh, personally. I'll watch the I'll follow the box score for it, but I'm not gonna be watching the Yankees. I'm gonna be in class for that game, unfortunately, and honestly, not being in class is really only worth it for the Mets games at this point. Like I, I there are days where I'd skip class for a Mets game, but beyond that, I'm not, I'm not skipping class for the Yankees. I, uh, I will not I will not ever skip class for the Yankees. Uh, I, I agree with that. I, I I wouldn't skip class for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, and also don't skip class for baseball in general. Don't skip class for baseball. Oh, come on, it's all it's all in good fun, Tyler. It's it's mostly joking. I'm stay, mostly stay, joking. Stay focused on come your on. academics, and I want to get back to Stand baseball here. <laughs> I want to get back to baseball here yeah. because I think a dark horse uh, selection for this 
is Kenta Maeda versus Brandon Woodruff. Mm. Uh, I didn't mention him. I did not mention Brandon Woodruff. No, we didn't mention him. But he realized. is a dark horse for that Cy Young Award. I just we think there's so many Woodruff. there's so many players that is that are in the National League yeah. that have the ability to win Cy Young. But I also look at Woodruff and I say, hey, this guy's got a lot of potential. So I think Maeda versus Woodruff is going to be a great uh, interleague ball play. Oh, absolutely. And one more one th- one battle that I've been thinking of that could maybe be something is uh do we think Mad Bum versus U Darvish will be any good? Like, uh I mean it's I gonna mean, be fun yeah. to watch the Padres hit. Uh <laughs> Mad Bum is yeah. not the mad bum that he used to be. He's probably the biggest crybaby in baseball, realistically. <laughs> oh my um, God. so I mean, I don't know. That's how I personally feel about Mad Bum. Uh is he gonna pitch well? Who knows? I don't know. But I, I'm not going to be watching that game for the pitching matchup. Mm. I'm going to be watching that game to watch Fernando Tatis start just his watch, watch the Padres just mash, just just mash balls into oblivion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I don't think there's much more to talk about for matchups. I mean, we're going to have Shane Bieber versus uh, Matthew Boyd. Mm. Uh, that's going to be fun to just kind of watch Shane Bieber come back off of a Cy Young Award winning season yeah. and see what he can do. Um, you know, the Red Sox Orioles game, I mean, you're going to have Eovaldi pitching, yeah. uh, but it was supposed to be Eduardo Rodriguez and it's not Chris Sale this mm. season. So that's going to be, a, it's a little heartbreaking for me to see <laughs> that. Um, there's really <clears throat> nothing more. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to the 10 o'clock game. Um, if you're going to be watching a 10 mm. o'clock game, uh, at least if you're East Coast, of course, yeah. we're talking about 10 o'clock Eastern time. If you're going to be watching one of those late night games, I will be watching Lucas Giolito try to pitch against that Angels offense. Oh, that should be a good um, one. That's yeah. going to be a great game. And in fact, Nate, we're going to be recording. Yeah, we're going to be recording while that game's going on. <laughs> we're going to be recording yeah. episode 9 during all the 10 <laughs> p.m. games. Yeah, I think if there's a uh, 10 p.m. game that I'm really going to pay attention to, it's the Astros and Athletics. I, I, I mean... I don't know if it's the best pitching battle ever, but I do think that the Athletics are a very fun team to watch. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and if you're wondering, Nate's Cy Young pick, uh, Glasnow, Glasnow, is also getting the opening day start at 4.10 Eastern time versus the Marlins. Uh, that should be a pretty easy... Well, I mean, not yeah. a pretty easy game for him, but I mean, I'm sure he's going to have a great start. It's not um, the hardest game. Sandy Alcantara season. is a great pitcher, and he mm. does deserve that um, opening day spot so that is to good uh, that is good competition but yeah i think the rays take that game mm. um we're not getting into who we think is going to win each game and each matchup we're just talking about how we think they're how important we think they're going to be mm. and how fun they're going to be to watch right. so for me the number one game definitely going to be um the reds cardinals game at 4 10 mm. eastern and for you it's going to be that's nationals scherzer versus the grom at 7 p.m eastern time uh, a lot of great games on opening day. We're excited to have opening day. And that will wrap up this episode of the Two Scene Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and on Twitter at the Two Seemed Pod. And be sure to follow us on our more active personal accounts at Tyler underscore underscore Foy and at Lannon underscore Nate. I have been Nate Lannon. He has been Tyler Foy. And be sure to tune in again on Friday when we when we recap opening day. Yeah.